Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! We're back live with more of the Parkins Playoff Show with your host, Danny Parkins. Live on the Odyssey app and 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. And his family here to watch him continue to live his dream. Dreams coming true much faster than it looked like it was going to. They'll let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel. Got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel, there he goes. Foot on the gas, all the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. Was one of the amazing plays of that first game yesterday. We got a triple header today. Good morning. It is the Parkins playoff show. I'll be doing this uh, every Sunday morning that there is an NFL playoff game. Sean Sears back in the studio. That audio, by the way, uh, courtesy of Fox. And um, basically, I'm just going to wake up on Sunday morning and talk football with you. And the guests will all be friends of mine. So joining us in 20 minutes, it's going to be a guy I went to college with. He hosts the New York, New York podcast for The Ringer, covering New York sports. Uh, He had Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants, on every week on his podcast. But he's also a born and raised diehard Dolphins fan. So with the first game being Bill's Dolphins, we can talk about Dolphins with him. Then into Vikings and Giants. Then, of course, the nightcap is Bengals and Ravens. So that's what we're going to do coming up in just a little bit. Phone lines are also open at 312-644-6767. And I want to talk some coaching with you guys for a few minutes here because, you know, the Bears offseason is very exciting. The Bears future is very exciting. The Bears have what I certainly believe to be their quarterback of the future 
in Justin Fields, the most exciting offensive player the Bears have ever had in my lifetime. Keep in mind, born in 1986. Um, they have $120 million in cap space. And they have the number one pick, which I believe they will trade down and acquire even more assets to continue building out a team and filling holes on a roster and getting younger and transitioning the roster from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. But nowhere on that list of my optimism for the Bears did I include Matt Eberflus. And if I was going to do, like, the positives column and the negatives column for the Bears, Matt Eberflus, if I had to, would be in the positive column as of now. But I honestly don't think I would have him in either. Because the the reason I would lean positive is... The guys seemed to play hard, and they were in a lot of games that they didn't really have a lot of business being in, and he didn't have a lot of talent. So, in some ways, they won three games, and I feel like they overachieved because they were, what, one and seven in one-score games? Like, they probably shouldn't have been in that many one-score games. So, generally speaking, I feel like they played pretty hard, they uh, played pretty clean, you know, 30-something fewer penalties this year than last year. Seemed to be a pretty disciplined, try-hard team. So, like, if, you ha- if I had to, I'd say positive. But the defense obviously did not have a lot of talent, but the defense did not impress in any appreciable way, and he's a defensive coach they they didn't rush the passer they didn't turn over the other team he didn't seem to really coach those guys up in any way it seemed like Justin Fields was the dude doing that uh that was keeping them close in these games and I do worry about like the try hard stuff that message kind of wearing thin over time especially when you get higher profile higher paid better players in there and it's more about scheming guys up with talent but so like anyway just keep that in the back of your mind uh I'd lean positive over negative if I had to but I feel like mostly incomplete on Matt Eberflus and we'll get a much better gauge on him over the next two seasons when he's got some more uh, talent on the team especially defensive talent to work with but as I was watching that game uh, all both games but you know the, the first game Kyle Shanahan's awesome it's like an awesome poker player who gets dealt awesome hands like Kyle Shanahan is awesome he also has awesome players Therefore, they look pretty great consistently offensively. It's the best situation to be the quarterback for in the NFL. Brock Purdy. I mean, unbelievable, right? Um, And, by the way, I was thinking about Brock Purdy. And I've been saying for a few weeks that you got to prepare yourself that Brock Purdy could easily be Super Bowl MVP. And on my podcast, First and Pod, uh, my co-host was saying I was insane. And then the playoffs started and the odds came out for Super Bowl MVP. And he was the fifth favorite. Because, I mean, if your team can win the Super Bowl, the quarterback could be Super Bowl MVP. And if the Niners would have played that game yesterday in the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy, four total touchdowns, he would have been Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. And then Brock Purdy would have been in, like, modern football history, ahead of Nick Foles, and on that Kurt Warner level for most improbable Super Bowl champion quarterbacks that we've ever seen. Kurt Warner going from grocery store bagger to Super Bowl champion. Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl winner in one season. 
I think you can make the argument that it'd be the most improbable Super Bowl come up ever. But anyway, I digress. I digress. I want to talk coaching here for a minute. So sometimes when in-game coaching, in-game decisions gets criticized in-game broadcasts or by national media types, it is usually when the conventional decision goes poorly. Or excuse me, it's when the unconventional decision goes poorly. My apologies. Right? Like if historically, uh, you know, you're down 14, you cut it to eight with a touchdown in the fourth quarter, you go for two because that's what the analytics says because you're trying to win the game in regulation. You miss the two-point conversion, and then that call gets criticized because you go get a touchdown later. Now you're down two. You need a two-point conversion to tie. You miss that one. You lose the game. That's when the coach gets criticized, right? When the unconventional historic in-game decision goes poorly, people tend to play the results and say, ah, these analytics, they're getting too cute. They're getting too smart. I like my ball possession. I like my field goals. I like my extra points. I'll take the points as if kicking is automatic. Um, But when the unconventional decision goes well, you don't see a lot of praise for it. And then when the conventional decision goes poorly, it's also wiped under the rug. And you're like, Parkins, what are you talking about? You're being a little convoluted. All right. Chargers-Jaguars yesterday. Brandon Staley, formerly my guy. I'm out on him now, as of Friday. Doug Peterson, guy who a lot of Bears fans were not terribly interested in because the whole Matt Nagy experiment went poorly. We'll start with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, at this point, is up 30-20. to 20. He at one point was up 27 to 0. So he's been outscored 20 to 3. There are eight and a half minutes left, eight minutes, 51 seconds left in the fourth quarter. His team has driven the ball down to the 22 yard line. It is fourth and three with eight minutes and 51 seconds left. His team is up two scores. They're up 30 to 20. Brandon Staley decides to attempt a 40-yard field goal to turn a two-score game into a two-score game. Now, yes, it's a touchdown and a field goal into a touchdown and a touchdown if he makes the kick. But because it's the Chargers and they're in the midst of this epic collapse, the kicker misses the kick. For my money, that is a go-for-it spot. If you get a touchdown on that drive, the game is over. Because if you even convert that fourth down, you then get more plays to take it from 8.50 left in the game to maybe seven minutes left in the game, whatever the case may be. Every second that ticks off the clock when you're up double digits increases your win expectation exponentially. And also, if you get a touchdown there and you make it a three-score game with seven minutes left, game's over. Instead, he kicks the field goal. Doesn't get questioned at all in the broadcast because it's conventional. Kicker misses. Damn, that's on the kicker. What a lucky break for the Jaguars. Tony 
Dungy probably whispered something about momentum or some nonsense. Okay, fine. So that's an un, that is a conventional coaching decision that went poorly that never got questioned. Doug Peterson, what does he do? Trevor Lawrence drives them right down the field, scores a touchdown. They are now down 30 to 26. Joey Bosa gets his unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. They decide, hey, we're a yard closer. Instead of this extra point, we are going to now go for two to turn a four-point game into a two-point game if we get it. If Doug Peterson and the Jaguars would have not gotten that two-point conversion, the field goal that they kicked at the end of the game to win would have not been good enough. They would have needed a touchdown. If they would have made the extra point and stayed with that, the field goal that they kicked at the end of the game would have been to tie and not to win. And who knows what happens with the coin flip in overtime. But instead, Doug Peterson, correctly, especially after he got the extra yard, went for two and got it when Trevor Lawrence leaped over the line of scrimmage and Al Michaels was asleep. And now that field goal was to win. So, to recap, we had Brandon Staley, who used to be aggressive and now is oddly conservative and I expect to be fired in the next 24 hours. Brandon Staley did something conventional. It didn't work. Got no criticism. Doug Peterson did something aggressive and unconventional. It worked and didn't really get a lot of praise. In-game coaching matters. And I think that people play the results way too much here. And Doug Peterson, by the way, man, that guy wins a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He goes to Jacksonville, inherits the Urban Meyer situation, takes them from back-to-back number one picks in the draft to a 9-8 and team, a division champion, seems to have righted Trevor Lawrence, still makes too many turnover-worthy plays, obviously, um, has him going in the right direction, wins a playoff game, pulls off the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history, and has some unbelievable in-game calls. The two-point conversion that I mentioned, how about that fourth-down conversion on the run to ETN when he got the corner on the right-hand side? Now, probably should have been a holding call uh, that, that was missed in that spot, but still, great play call, great execution, great gumption by Doug Peterson. I say all of that to say, in-game coaching matters, and I hope the Bears have a good one. Because I thought that Brandon Staley was, I was wrong, he is not. I cannot believe how conservative he's gotten. That was a fairly obvious spot for him to go forward on fourth down, up to and to try to make it a three-score game, and he didn't, and the kicker let him down. And then Doug Peterson, offensive coach, continues to evolve, Aggressive fourth down decision works. Aggressive two-point conversion decision works. And I just hope that when all of the uh, national talking head shows reconvene on Monday morning or sometimes on Tuesday, depending if they're off for Dr. King Day, I hope they have the same energy for praising Doug Peterson for being aggressive and unconventional that they would have 
for if the aggressive and not historically conventional, but I would say analytically accurate decision hadn't worked. Because if, oh boy, if they would have not gotten that two-point conversion and they would have driven down, I mean, imagine that alternate reality for a minute. Imagine if Doug Peterson wakes up this morning and he lost the game and they drove into field goal range but they were not able to get in the end zone but a field goal would not have done anything for him because they would have not gotten that two-point conversion and they would have just turned it over on downs. Imagine the criticism of Tony Dungy in the broadcast this is why I like taking the points. You could have kicked a field goal here and tied it and extended the game. And he would have gotten no pushback in the booth and he would have gotten championed on social media and it would have been nauseating. But instead, Doug Peterson made a decision that allowed his team to win the game in regulation. Win the game. You are playing to win the game. That's why those decisions matter. And I think, actually, that Matt Eberflus, by the way, is going to defer to his analytics department often in in-game coaching decisions. I had Mark Rohde ask him one time when that situation happened, when they were down 14 and driving, and then it didn't end up happening, what he would have done if they would have cut it to eight late, which is a, which is a go-for-it spot. He said, I don't want to reveal that right now, but we had a plan and we knew what we were going to do. You don't answer it that way if you were kicking the extra point. So I actually do think that Matt Eberflus, the little that we have of him of aggressive, analytically inclined decisions in close games in the fourth quarter, I do think he's going to be okay at it. He doesn't seem like he's going to be revolutionary at it, but I do think he's going to be okay at it. And it's not the biggest thing. I used to think it was the biggest thing, to be honest with you. Because I played Madden and I was like, these guys are just dopes. But the biggest thing is game planning week to week. The, you know, Sunday night through Saturday preparation. That's the biggest thing for an NFL head coach. The schematics of football. Because when you play one team one week and another team the next week, you could have entirely different game plans based on, you know, their personnel and that sort of thing. So the the biggest things that coaches do are week to week. But yesterday was a pretty good example of in-game coaching mattering and the criticism just disappearing when the aggression was rewarded, no extra praise, and the conventional was let down, no criticism because it was the right thing to do. Guy look a little deeper than that. Coming up next, you'll never hear anyone who sounds more New York. He hosts the New York, New York podcast. The Giants play today, have an opportunity to pull off an upset against the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings. He's also a diehard Dolphins fan. Who does he want to quarterback his team next year? Is Tua's career in jeopardy? The always entertaining John Jastrzemski next on The Score. We're back live with more of the Parkins Playoff Show with your host. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Benny Parkins, live on the Odyssey app and 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. They're down in 14. Pressure. Ball is out. San Francisco's got it. It was all Nick Bosa. Just a matter of time. This defense is so relentless. They stay after it. They strain. They grind. And eventually, they're going to make the big play. That was the Geno Smith strip sack yesterday. Niners with the route. Fox with the audio. New York, New York on the intro. That's the name of the podcast of my next guest. And no, your ears do not deceive you. This is Danny Parkins on the Parkins Playoff Show early on a Sunday morning. I'll be doing these shows every Sunday, including Super Bowl Sunday, where there is NFL football. I'm taking you up to You Better You Bet coming up at 9 o'clock. The premise of these shows is simple. I talk NFL playoffs with you, and the guests are my friends. The next guest hosts the New York, New York podcast for the Ringer uh, network of podcasts. He's also a diehard Dolphins fan. You've never heard someone more New York in your life. John Jastrzemski, JJ with us on the score. JJ, good morning, man. Danny, what's happening, bro? I'm playing a little hurt today, so the voice is not going to be as optimal as it normally is, but I I think your audience still with me at like 80% is going to get the draft, you know? Yeah, yeah, they, they'll understand what you're all about, man. Yeah, yeah, don't don't go. worry. It'll it'll come through. What, long night last night? Did you get boozed up? What happened? No, dude, I wish, man. No, more like the, uh, the flu buck. The last 24, mm. 48 hours has knocked me on my butt, to be honest with you. I wish, I wish I could tell you it was the booze talking Danny Parkins. I wish this is not the Syracuse days anymore. Yeah, come on. I know you got the expense account over at Luger's. Stop it. Um, I wish uh, Lucas is great. I got to get you there. All right. Any, any time, any time. Uh, okay. So we will start, um, even though you hosted on WFAN and the New York, New York podcast, you had Daniel Jones on your podcast weekly this year. We'll do plenty of giants here in a minute, but, uh, you are a Dolphins fan. You are born and raised. You are diehard Tua. his career feels like it is hanging in the balance. My man, who do you want to be your quarterback next year? Who do you think is your quarterback next year? Man, Danny, situation stinks, dude. You absolutely nailed it. You're talking about not one, not two, but three concussions for Tua in a year in which he was at his very best for Mike McDaniel. But think about this for a minute. The Dolphins now go into a playoff game. 
where they don't have their quarterback. The team that played so admirably against Buffalo in the two games in the regular season, they beat them down in South Florida. They played that great game in the snow. They lost by a last-second field goal. They're a shell of that team going into wildcard weekend. So as far as the quarterback position, look, if they're going to give Tua another shot, and I think Tua is going to come back and play next year just because unless a doctor tells him otherwise, that fifth-year option is in play. You're talking about $20-something million. You're talking about a long-term contract. So I do believe he's going to try at least one more year to get that money to secure that bag. So if he's coming back, let's say we're living in that world, you got to have a better backup quarterback. You know, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. The two games he started for the Dolphins, he gets hurt. So I don't know if that's Jameis Winston. I don't know if that's Gardner Minshew. They need somebody who can run the system a heck of a lot better than Skylar Thompson. If we're talking about the Dolphins moving on from Tua altogether, I mean, the only name I could think of, Danny, is a guy they tried to get last year. They tampered. They failed miserably. They lost the first-round pick. I think if they're going outside the organization for a big-time quarterback, Brady's the guy. And don't you think that makes sense? It does. As weird as it is to say. I mean, they're an all-in team. Let me ask you this way. Let me ask you this way, JJ. Let me ask you this way. Who would you rather have be the quarterback of the Dolphins next year, Tua or Brady? Oh, this is painful, man, because I'm a Tua guy. He played great for the team last year. He's really likable. Brady! It's Brady! For all the years he's tormented me and tortured me, if you put him behind a good offensive line and you give him talent, Danny, I don't know about you, I still think he can play. I think that's what it boils down to. I mean, I think it's a no-doubter. I think, I think you'd have to run it out there. If, if Tom Brady wants to be the quarterback of the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins want Tom Brady to be the quarterback of the Dolphins, and they'll figure out a way to make it work, despite how sad and sports tragic that would be uh, for Tua. What can Bears fans learn? Because I do think they're in a somewhat similar situation that the Dolphins were in last year. Dolphins roster not as bad as the Bears roster this year, but Dolphins traded down and then traded 100 other times to build this team around Tua. The Bears have the number one pick. The expectation is they'll trade down to build around Justin Fields. What should Bears fans learn, if anything, from how the Dolphins built up this roster? So you got to hit on the draft picks. And I know that's that's easier said than done. But you look at 2020, the Dolphins had three first-round picks in addition to Tua. Well, they had two in addition to Tua. They did not hit on those first-round picks. The following year, they did a much better job. They're going to get Jalen Waddell. They're going to get Jalen Phillips, who's a tremendous defensive end. Uh, They get Holland, who's a really good safety. And if you hit on the draft picks, the plan is going to look a lot smarter. And I think the biggest key is you have to build your team, your personnel, and your system around the quarterback that you have. Justin Fields and Tua's skill sets are drastically, drastically different. But, Danny, look at what the Eagles, for example, were able to do in building around Jalen Hurts. They built a team that is tailor-made to his skill set and what he does well as a quarterback. That's what the Bears should be doing if they're sticking with Justin Fields, which, to your point, I think they are. I don't think they're taking a quarterback number one overall. They let the Texans or Seattle, whoever, go and give you a zillion picks. And then, let's be real, you're set up as a franchise. Make the right picks. Build around your quarterback and see where it takes you. John Jastrzemski, diehard Dolphins fan, but also covers the Giants. Used to work at WFAN, now hosts the New York, New York podcast. You also see him on SNY. 
in New York City. Daniel Jones was on his podcast. Um, Got to be honest, I, I don't know a ton about Daniel Jones, the guy. Do you think he is the guy for the Giants going forward? So he's won me over this year, Danny. Now, maybe that's that media bias kicking in. The idea that I sit down with him once a week for, you know, 20 or 25 minutes. But his play has been top notch. I mean, let's be real. Who is he throwing the football to? Hodgins? Uh, Richie James? I mean, you could make the argument this is a bottom five group of skill positions at wide receiver. I've got to say Quan Barkley, who is tremendous and had a great bounce back year. Jones has been very coachable. He's mobile. That's what I love about him. He's making plays with his legs. And the big knock on him going into this year was, is he going to be able to take care of the football? That was always kind of a bugaboo for him. Well, Brian Abel has come in and has cleaned that up. And I know there are some very worthy coach of the year candidates. Sirianni had a great year. Kyle Shanahan had a great year. Um, O'Connell at Minnesota had a great year. Danny, with that roster, the Giants, let's be real should not be 9-7-1. They are not 9-7-1 good. Brian Dable is the undisputed coach of the year, and what he has gotten out of Daniel Jones, to me, is the perfect illustration of why he should get that award. I mean, Jones, listen, they were talking about him last year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, a lot of people figured this was a one-and-done, you know, an arranged shotgun marriage, and the Giants would have a different quarterback next year. Now you took the people around the team. It's basically a foregone conclusion. Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the Giants. Case closed. Do you think they're live today? Oh, I do. Now, the only thing that would scare me, and maybe this is me, prisoner of the moment, walking around New York, Danny, everybody, and I mean everybody, dude, likes the Giants in this game. That would scare the crap out of me. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, I tease the Giants up to nine and the Bengals down to two and a half. I just think I think both teams are bad. I, I the, the Vikings could win by three, by seven, but I don't think they're I don't think they're stopping the Giants either. I I think it's like a I think it's a close, high scoring game. I like that tease. I would endorse that tease, especially knowing the Vikings playing every game that comes down to the wire, basically every game imaginable when they win at least. Is there any shot your Dolphins keep it close? You know. Keep it close? Probably not, but I'll say this. There is – you're playing Skyway. I went to that game last week, Danny, against the Jets. I was in South Florida. That, that game set back offensive football about 30 years with Skyler Thompson and Joe Flacco, a quarterback. But you have the ultimate nobody believes in us situation with Miami. I mean, nobody is giving them a uh, – not even a chance. No, nobody's giving them a prayer in this game. That, if you can't use that as motivation, if you're Mike McDaniel and company, then you're never going to be able to use it as motivation. I'll say this. I think the defense plays hard for a half. I think the game is closer than you think going into halftime, and then I think Buffalo blows their doors off in the second half. That's my prediction. The ultimate nobody believes in a spot. You really are a Bill Simmons protege. That is hilarious. Listen, uh, preaching the ring of terminology, bro. I don't have the manifesto in front of me. I I, I don't know all of the uh, the verses. I, I could not recite them for you. Sorry. That's no, no, no. It's it's incredible. Yeah, this is this is a man who has been blessed by uh, the the sports media gods. Uh, Bill Simmons, Mike Francesa, J- John Jastrzemski is our guest. He hosts the New York New York podcast uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network. You are a degenerate. What's your best bet today? Oh, great question. I, I wish I could give you Monday and your Cowboys. Oh, you can like, give me Monday. Absolutely. You can give me Monday. That's fine. Can I give you Monday? Because I don't love the card today. I kind of – if we go on Sunday card, because I'll answer your question. I'm fair. 
I like Baltimore to cover against the Bengals. I like the Bengals in a T-spot, but that Raven defense is playing great. I love John Harbaugh as a coach. I think they keep that game competitive. Now, I got it at nine and a half. I think it's moving down. I, I think you're fine in your T-spot, though. Bengals will win. I think they'll win a close game. But your Cowboys on Monday night, and I know, I get what I deserve. I'm betting on Mike McCarthy. I'm laying points with the Cowboys. Danny, I've watched a ton of that Buck team. They stink, dude. I mean, they barely beat Arizona. They barely beat L.A. They barely beat New Orleans. Dallas should win this game by two scores. They're a much better team. Will they? Not the slightest idea. But I get an opportunity to bet against Todd Bowles in a playoff game. Sign me up right now. Your Cowboys, they find a way to get it done. Wow. I mean, Tampa Tampa getting uh, Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, maybe Ryan Jensen back. Tampa looking healthy. They rested guys last week. We're opposite there. I, 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 D- Dallas Dak is turning the ball over like crazy. They've got injuries on their offensive line. I, I like Tampa in that spot tomorrow, man. We should, we should side bet and not give any of these websites any of our vig. I know we should, we should, we should talk. We have 24 hours, and this is, this just shows you, you're down on your team. That's what this tells me right now, Danny Parkins. You're down on your Cowboys. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm Bears through and through, and yeah, like, how could I, how could I? It's ever since Romo. Ever since Romo left, uh, I've I've abandoned them, and Mike McCarthy is impossible uh, to to root for. But it is a uh, it's a pleasure, man. Would you fire Brandon Staley? Oh my goodness, yes! And listen, I had the Jaguars last night. Uh, I'm watching that game at 27 and nothing. I I actually almost almost moved it to the second TV because we were finishing the end of the Harry Potter series. We did not. Don't worry. We did not. I stuck with the game, of course, uh, because it's the Chargers. You want to know why I ended up sticking with the game, Danny? It's the Chargers. They invent ways to lose. I guess Brendan Staley, number one, uh, forgot about Austin Eckler. And last year, Brendan Staley coached games like he was basically me and you at the craps table in Vegas, going for it on every instance he could get. Now he's got his team settling for three or four field goal opportunities. Uh, I get Sean Payton in tomorrow to go and coach that team. Tomorrow, I wouldn't let him on the plane, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and by the way, I love the idea that you're like, don't worry, I stayed till the end of the game. JJ, it would have been fine. I wouldn't have told on you. You would not have lost your sports bona fides if you would have put that game on the top TV. You would have moved it back uh, once you saw that game get close. You, you've oh, never listen, seen Harry bro- Potter? Or I love you Al just- Michaels. I love that. That broadcast left a lot to be desired last night. Oh, my goodness. Put you to sleep, Danny Parkins. Come on. And yeah, that's was, my guy. Al's my favorite. He's a, he's a, he's everybody's favorite. But it was it was it was very very tough to consume. The two point conversion, man. He acted like that was just a totally normal play and sequence. He was like, Trevor Lawrence reaches out and scores. I was like, I don't know. It felt like a pretty big moment. Al, can I can I get a little bit of energy in that spot? I guess Al beating down from all those Amazon games this year, Danny. Yeah, beaten down beat, a little bit. And beaten down by sitting next to Tony Dungy and. Long flight back to California, 78 years old. A lot, lot of things, I think, working against Al. What's your Super Bowl pick? I love the Niners. They got everything going right now. They're the most complete team in the league. They got this feel-good story with Brock Purdy. Niners over the Bills. So if Brock Purdy is the Super Bowl MVP from, the, from being from Mr. Irrelevant to the Super Bowl MVP, it's a bigger deal than Nick Foles. It's more improbable than Foles. Is it more improbable than Kurt Warner? I'm going to say no, just from the circumstances with Kurt Warner. And we didn't he was know the how last pick he... in the draft. 
No, I know. I, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. But Shanahan is like this quarterback whisperer. Like, I, I, they I had the greatest the show on game. turf. Uh, but we didn't know they were the greatest show on turf going into that year, though. You know what I mean? Like, we look back on it now. It's like, wow, they had Marshall Falk, they had Isaac Bruce, they had Torrey Holt. They were loaded. But going into that year, Danny, nobody really knew how good the Rams were. I think we all knew, you know, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. They go and get McCaffrey. And I watched Purdy's first game because it was against the Dolphins. He came in for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm like, salving. I'm like, smelling blood. I'm like, Dolphins, they're not going to lose this game. They're playing Brock Purdy. Dude, he was awesome in the game. Like, they were throwing zero blitzes at him. He's making plays. It helps when you have the supporting cast that he does. But uh, I'm not going to say more improbable than Kurt Warner, but pretty damn close, dude. Pretty damn close. It's pretty close. Check out his podcast if you need to fix a New York sports. It's New York, New York. He does great work. He's an old buddy of mine. John Jastrzemski, thanks for playing Hurt and waking up with us on a Sunday morning, man. Appreciate you, JJ. For you, anything. See you, buddy. Later, man. See ya. That's John Jastrzemski. It's the Parkins Playoff Show. You Better Your Bet is coming your way nationally with my guy Nick Costos and Ken Barkley in 20 minutes. They'll run you through the whole card. I'll get you ready for how I see uh, this. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Triple header going today. Thanks for getting up. It's the Parkins Playoff Show on the score. We're back live with more of the Parkins Playoff Show with your host, Danny Parkins, live on the Odyssey app and 670 the score in Odyssey Station. So no more timeouts left. This is the game. This is the season for one of these teams. 30 to 28. Snap. Kick is up. Kick is good. The Chargers are out of the playoffs. Pandemonium at TIAA Bank Stadium. This is going to be a long flight home, a long off season, and absolutely inexplicable. There are no words to describe what we witnessed here tonight. The Chargers in complete control of this game at 27 to 0 somehow find a way to snatch defeat from the hands of victory. That's the Chargers Radio Network call of the third biggest comeback or collapse, depending on your perspective, and in that case it would be collapse, in NFL playoff history. Fifth in uh, NFL history, by the way. Fifth largest in NFL history. So uh, you better you bets coming up at 9 o'clock. Those guys will have... All of the gambling information you could possibly want 
uh, for this wild card round. You should definitely be locked in with those guys. I'm on, I told you, the uh, the tease of Bengals down to two and a half and Giants up to nine uh, today. I might dabble around with a last touchdown score. I like the games games you think that are going to be a blowout. Take a running back to score the last touchdown. You Devin Singletary at like eleven to one or something like that uh, for for the Bills could be fun as just little player props. Keep a keep a blowout interesting. But um, before I get into some of that, uh, something that I asked JJ about in the last segment, Adam Schefter is reporting that according to league sources, Tua Tonga Viola is expected to be the Dolphins' starting quarterback next year. And they said that he even could, in theory, get cleared later in these playoffs if the Dolphins were to pull the upset over the Bills. I hope that's true. Uh, The drama of it being Brady would be great. If Brady wants to be there, I think they'd be insane not to also want Brady to to be there. Um, But Tua was very good. I didn't think he was great. I thought the MVP talk that he got for a little bit was ridiculous. Uh, But I just – three concussions, prolonged absences, limited arm strength, and a dude his size would scare me. It would just scare me. Uh, He's crazy accurate. He's very smart. He moves through his progressions very fast. He's – and their offense with Skylar Thompson and with Teddy Bridgewater – has not been good. So unlike in San Francisco where you can say that's a plug-and-play situation from Jimmy G – like Jimmy Gar- look at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats and look at Brock Purdy's stats this year. Completion percentage, quarterback rating, touchdown-to-interception ratio, all virtually identical. So you could certainly make the argument that San Francisco is a plug-and-play situation. You cannot make that argument about Miami at least based on the guys that they plugged in. Like, Tua did elevate that situation over Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, who's getting the start today. Teddy Bridgewater expected to be active but still hurt. Um, So my respect for Tua has grown this year, even if I thought that a lot of the national love was completely over the top when people were talking about him as an MVP guy. But now I do think his career is somewhat in the balance. Like, have him suffer another concussion. You know, it just – it would, it would worry me. So JJ's right. If they do go back to Tua and that report is accurate, they'll be the type of team that makes a big investment in a backup quarterback. Like, try to get the best backup quarterback in the league. Not sure who they'd go after, given the style of play. I'd have to think about that for a little bit. I mean, the, the normal adage with a backup quarterback is you want him to go 500. If you the quarterback has to play a season, you're gonna, your season's sunk unless you're the Niners, uh, or if they got to play a handful of games, can you go 500 to keep it afloat, right? If you got to play your backup four games, have them go uh, two and two. So that's the update today in terms of the only breaking news we've gotten ahead of this triple header. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a dud of a weekend, and the second half of that game already last night kind of saved it. Like There, there will be excitement uh, regardless on Monday on all the shows simply because of how that game ended. Hopefully we get something interesting today. I think that our best bet for that is, I mean, it's tough. Probably the night game, even though the 
afternoon game is the game that should be the closest based on the point spread. I just think that it's going to be hard to watch Giants and Vikings and think about what they are and not think about what they're not. Right? Look, the Giants, if they win, drawing dead in Philly. The Vikings, if they win, feel like they'd be drawing dead in San Francisco. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to put much value on that game. Now you could it could be entertaining, right? Sometimes the Meineke Car Care Bowl is entertaining, even if they're not really playing for anything. But hard for me, even though that game should be the closest of the games, and there's electric uh, talent on the field. Maybe if you're a Bears fan, you think about if you want to make a big investment in Saquon Barkley because the Bears have so much money to spend. I think the Bears fan should actually be prepared for them to spend big uh, at running back. It makes a decent amount of sense given the offense that they want to run and given that that's the premium talent that's available there and they have to spend money. So maybe you could watch Saquon Barkley and imagine what he would look like next to Justin Fields and talk yourself into that, and it's always easy to root against an NFC North opponent. The first game, it's going to feel like a bye. Um, The Dolphins have a lot of really talented players who could keep it close, but the Bills are rolling and they are going to uh, destroy the Miami Dolphins. And then the night game, the total's only 40, so they're expecting it to be very low scoring. Third time, divisional matchup, Ravens-Bengals, hated teams. Ravens defense is great, playing very well. Roquan Smith, first-team All-Pro. There's obviously plenty there uh, to get excited about in terms of just the X's and O's of the Bengals offense against the Ravens defense. But I think the Bengals win. Uh, I think the Bills blow them out, and I think the Giants actually pull off the upset and win outright against the Vikings. I just, this season deserves the Vikings to lose in disappointment. And Brian Dable and Daniel Jones feel like they deserve to get the win. And I just think that the, the Giants should be able to run on Minnesota. Bill Barnwell had the stat that uh, they, they're they 27th in DVOA. The only teams worse than them in DVOA, that football outsiders, all-encompassing metric, was the Bears and teams who fired their coach. Thank you to Sean Sears for getting the Parkins playoff show on the air. I'll be back next Sunday from 8 to 10 a.m. talking football with you, and the guests will be my friends. Coming up next, it's Nick Costos and Ken Barkley for the national edition of You Better You Bet. John Jastrzemski and Ben Heisler were our guests. Thanks for hanging out this morning on the Parkins Playoff Show on The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 